Hallelujah. Praise Yahweh. Happy Sabbath to everyone. I always wonder how things are going to work together, right? Just like that scripture, Yahweh works everything out for his own benefit. I'll take a little different approach, but um, I think Yahweh's spirit always ties everything together. So I titled this one, The Teacher Wept, Judgment and Salvation. I picked that first title because I was going to write a poem, and then after that I found out I had to give a sermonette. So I said, well, I'll just use that, you know, and then later we'll deal with the poem. And then Judgment and Salvation, we'll get into that too. Um, as um, Brother Ryan was saying, when you think about this title, The Teacher Wept, you can look at it two different ways. He might weep because he's sad, but he might also weep because of tears of joy. And so I took that from that scripture where Lazarus died, you know, and he goes over there and uh, everybody saw his human side. The king of the world actually weeps because his friend died. You know, how beautiful is that? So after coming into the sheepfold of Yahshua, we often wonder... Why won't people outside listen to our Abba in heaven? I know a lot of you had to wonder this. Why don't people outside listen to the scriptures when they say they believe in the scriptures? Right? Well, how about we also wonder why do we in the fold sometimes decide to do things our own way? Abba tells us, do it this way, but no, we take a different route. And then we expect a good outcome. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 4, I want to touch on verse 17 real quick. And we're going to come back to this later, but 1 Peter chapter 4. I like Peter. I like his character. I like both of his books. We know that Paul did a lot, but I think besides Yahshua and a couple of prophets, Peter's my favorite. First Peter four seventeen reads, Because it is time for judgment to begin from the house of Elohim. And if firstly from us, what is the end of those who do not obey the good news of Elohim? Have you ever meditated on that scripture? If you're not baptized into Yahshua's name, this won't include you. Because it says the judgment begins at the house of Elohim. And Yahweh has given judgment to Yahshua when he comes back, not when he was here. He first came to save what was lost. And so now when we join the team, now he's going to tell us, guess what? You're accountable. You see? And so... That's pretty big because a lot of us, we got worries about family members and so on. And um, if you want to go to 1 Corinthians 5, 12, and 13, this also will line this up. This will verify what this scripture is saying. Paul is verifying what Peter is saying. And this is talking about an immoral situation that was going on there. And Paul was upset because he was telling the people in the congregation, you guys don't know how to pass judgment on your own members? It says, for what have I to do with judging outsiders, people outside the faith? Do you not judge who are inside, those who are inside? 
But Elohim judges those who are outside. You're not baptized into Yahshua. And put away the wicked one from among you. Elohim judges those who are outside. That's Yahweh. That's in the second resurrection. You see, so we have a difference. Yahweh knows exactly what he's doing. So we don't have to worry about that. And for those people that think that they're the same, why is Yahshua judging those that are baptized into his name and not Yahweh? And then the opposite. Why is Yahweh judging those that they don't know the law? They don't know the scriptures. All they know is what they learn from, you know, whoever. And they do as they please. Whatever seems right to them, that's what they do because they're not bound by the scriptures. So Yahweh's going to judge them according to that. So it's natural for most of us to be concerned about our family members and friends and what will become of them. In one part of the body, when it comes to worship services, it is all between you and Almighty Yahweh. We come together, we sing together, but when it's time for worship, it is you and Yahweh. You give him your best. We can't look to the next person, like in the poem, what is he doing? What is he wearing? No, it's about you and Yahweh, what you brought to the table. Remember, it also says that if you have animosity with a brother or sister to resolve it before you come bring an offering. So we must never try to interfere in the next person's adoration. For instance, there's others that don't agree like we do. If they're convinced in their mind, we won't interfere. We can always find common ground. We can still, you know, talk scriptures. But if that's what they choose, then as the scripture says, Yahweh is going to judge them by what they chose. They won't have an excuse. The teacher weeps because of the messes that we make. Just like the first sermon. You look at everything negative, Yahshua is going to say, I died for you. What more do you want? That's not good enough for you? Lots of people blame the Creator for bad things that happen. Others want Him to fix everything that's wrong in their life. We need to pray a lot, especially in these times. Sometimes we need to act. Other times we need to stand back. And let Yahweh work. Don't get in the middle of his plan. Don't get in the way. All he's going to do is just push you out the way. He might have had a blessing for you. Coming into the way and then turning back is probably the biggest mistake a believer can make. Don't come into the fold and then act like you don't know. That's going to be your Biggest mistake because Yahshua is going to judge that, not Yahweh. Over in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, we all know this scripture. If you don't, you can highlight it. If you want to follow along, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, My people have perished for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being priests for me. Since you have Forgotten the Torah of your Elohim, I also forget your children. That's also devastating. If you have a family to hear those words, 
your family is paying for what you did. Maybe you rejected Yahshua after you came to him. You got to consider these things. Think about the cost that it costs. I mean, you want to follow Yahshua? It might seem like a good idea, but, you know, if you're those, if you're a type of person, you know, you got a lot of doubt, you got to remove that doubt first because you're always not going to let that slide. I wasn't sure. I didn't know. You got to know what you're doing. Out of all creation, man has given Yahweh the biggest headaches. Consider it. Think about it. Judges chapter 12. We just studied that this morning. You think Yahweh was happy with all of this? You think that Yahweh would be happy with us killing each other? He gave us the word. He gave us the spirit. He gave us the son. We can't look at the scriptures and study them out. We're going to argue about things. Judgment and salvation. Now you tell me what these scriptures are going to say to you in Isaiah 65. We all know Isaiah 66, 23. But if you go back to Isaiah 65, uh, I'll take verses one through four. This was like a broken record. You go through Jeremiah, you go through Isaiah, you go through Ezekiel, you're going to find the same thing. You go through Judges, you're going to find the same thing. I have let myself be inquired of not by those who asked. I was found not by those who sought me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation not calling on my name. I have held out my hands all day long to a stubborn people who walk in a way that is not good after their own thoughts. The people who provoke me continually to my face, who slaughter in gardens and burn incense and slaughter places of brick, who sit among the burial sites and spend the night in secret places, who eat flesh of pigs and the broth of unclean meat, is in their pots. So when you read about that, when you look at the news, does that sound familiar? Does it sound like a place we live in? Think about it. To a nation not calling on my name. When you have the name, now you want to remove it. I mean, it only has salvation behind it, right? And Yahweh's been holding out his hands for how long? So, going back to the other message. How do you look at this scripture? Oh, that's all negative. Not necessarily. Because if you like correction, then you look at that, you say, oh, that's my cue. I got to turn my life around. If they're preaching in this name, Yahweh and Yahshua, I better go research that. Research it. Check it out for yourself. Look at, the, look at the Jewish encyclopedia. If you look under the titles G-O-D and Adonai and Tetragrammaton, I mean, they're going to give you a lot of information, and they're going to tell you why Jehovah is incorrect, which is going to speak tons. You don't have to know how to speak Hebrew to look into the name. Yahweh gave us that name for a reason, just like 
you know, your mom gave you a name for a reason, right? It's going to identify you. This sure sounds like this nation and the world at large. So how do you look at that? How do you look at those scriptures? Are you the type of person that likes correction? Or maybe not. If I find out I'm out of balance, right? All of us who drive cars, right? When, when your car is out of balance, how does it drive? Not good, right? You got to spend extra money on this, extra money on that. It's a bumpy ride. That's how it is for people that don't like correction. It's going to be a bumpy ride with a bad ending. Not enough people are zealous for salvation but are worried about hoarding things now. I need this right now. A lot of people want salvation right now, but that's not possible. And uh, we read Matthew chapter 6. I was going to quote from there. But the basic gist of the message is focus on the kingdom. What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? I'm hungry. Yahshua said focus on the kingdom. Could you just imagine Solomon? I mean, how beautiful the palace he made and everything must have been. And Yahshua says, nah, it doesn't even come close. It doesn't come close. Just like that scripture in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of Yahweh. Yahshua declares the glory of Yahweh. Many disagree with our stance on certain things. We all know this. Um, even going to another country, you know, where you have somebody that he never set foot on YRM, and yet he is... Talking bad about the people here. I asked him, have you ever even been there? He said, no. I says, well, I've been there before. I know the people there. How can you say such things? But, you know, that's how some people work. Yahshua said in Matthew 5, 44, Matthew 5, 44, I'm glad this one wasn't covered. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. See, Yahshua is stepping on a lot of toes because a lot of us, I find it difficult to pray for a certain individual. I won't say no names, but flesh and blood, it's not easy. So I ask Yahweh, do you want me to pray for this individual or not? I got to know. Because if I'm going to ask you for prayer, and then you say, well, I don't have time. You know what I mean? We want prayer, right? And so we need to pray for others. It's a lot of people to pray for, isn't there? When you think about it, when you, when you hear about what's going on. And um, see... A lot of us, just because we're in this faith, we're not immune to a lot of the things that are going on out there. That's why we're trying to change our ways. That's why we want to know what Abba's will is. He wants each one of us in a certain place at a certain time. And he wants to use us. You know, at work, there's opportunities. You want to make extra money? 
plenty of opportunities, but there's only one catch. <laughs> you're going to hate the job you got to do. <laughs> and so if you're humble, you say, give me that. I will take it because that's going to earn you a lot of respect. You know, people that come to work, they say, I hate my job. <laughs> and then we go and we say, we love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's what Yahweh is going to ask you to do. He's going to ask you to go and talk to a certain person. Maybe you don't like them. Maybe they don't like you. You still got to share the word. Think about Jonah. Did Jonah want to go to Nineveh? No. And he learned a valuable lesson. Just imagine being in a stinky fish for three days and three nights. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's kind of rough. And Luke... 12, 13, I just wanted to throw this in here because, see, there's that saying that Abba does everything for me, right? I don't have to do anything. Well, let's read this scripture in Luke 12, 13. See, we, you can't be lazy when it comes to the word of Yahweh. You got to be on fire. You got to want to do it. He wants, Yahweh wants doers. We can listen to a sermon all day and night. But if we don't apply anything, we didn't learn anything, we didn't even pay attention and do the research. Luke 12, 13, And one of the company said unto him, Teacher, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Yahshua said, That's not my business. His business is to preach the word of Yahweh, Right? To rebuke the Pharisees and Sadducees. That was his job. But this man wants Yahshua to come in there and be a judge. Well, but I thought Yahweh did everything for you. So why are you asking him that? Yahshua not going to do everything for you either. This verse lets me know that Yahshua, neither Yahshua nor Yahweh will do everything for us. Certain things like working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We got to do that on our own. You need to roll up them sleeves and get down and dirty in the Word. You need to study it, right? If a lot of people, they say, oh, you guys are wrong, this and this and that. Did you study it? Did you prove it for yourself? We're not going to argue. Some of the doctrine is already there. Yahweh says, keep the Sabbath. That's what he says. And if you forgot, well, remember the Sabbath day in case you forgot. So the teacher wept because many are like Martha in Luke 10, 40. In Luke 10, 40, we have that story there. They were preparing a meal. Yahshua was coming over. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Master, does thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Yahshua answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Miriam hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. So there's a second witness. Martha is saying, man, you don't, you're not worried? I mean, I'm doing everything, and she's over there, you know, at your feet, taking it easy. He said, no. She chose the best part, and she's not going to help you. She's helping herself. 
That's how it works. If she would have known better, she would have been right there with her sister. You see? So that's a lesson for us. You could have been keeping Sabbath, but you were somewhere else. But you want the blessings. You see? And so how you look at things. Um, a lot of us, we're like, we feel entitled. No, I deserve. No, I demand. People demand that Yahweh intervene in their life and solve all their problems or this will hurt but you know Yahweh takes things from you and I maybe there's something that you really really love and he takes it from you you got to remember it never belonged to you in the first place you see our lives are not our own Yahshua bought them with a price. So those things that we really, really love sometimes, you know, I mean, it does, it hurts. It'll hurt some people for years and that'll bring up, you know, it'll bring bitterness to some people. But think about it. What about what Yahweh gave you? Did you, did you put them on a scale, on a balance? Sometimes you got to balance things out, you know, Maybe I'm being persecuted, then that means you're doing what is right in Yahweh's sight. If you're being persecuted for the scriptures, then that's good. You might not feel good, but Yahshua was persecuted too. All these things that we might worry about, all these things that we, you know, cry about, Yahshua went through all of them. Everything, everything, all them things that are tugging at you, you want this, you want that. All those pools, all those fleshly pools, Yahshua went through every single one of them. And it was fitting because then he can judge. Because he can say, yep, I passed that test. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, like in Isaiah 65, dying for all those people. All those wicked people that you could think of. The Egyptians, the Romans, the Greeks, the Persians, the Babylonians. Yep, all of them. He died for all of them. Yep. So, if you're worried, take action. Pray. Are you concerned? Take action. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto Elohim. Are you worried about family? Are you worried about friends? Did you know I, I typed in... The difference between worried and concerned, and there's a debate. Are they the same? Are they different? One person seems to think a worried person doesn't do anything. A concerned person takes action. So it can go back and forth regardless of the case. You know, Yahshua said, if things are on your mind, as one minister said, you don't see certain brothers come around to the congregation, pray for them. Don't start thinking negative about why they're not there. You just have no idea what's going on in their life. And so this is the message that I think. See, the speakers are not immune to the word of Yahweh when they deliver the sermon. When the sermon itself could be talking right to the speaker himself. Right? Uh, if you want to follow again in First Peter 4.18, I'm going to close 
with this one. And, you know, that question, um, I had it way back in the day. I said, wow, um, judgment begins at the house of Elohim. So, so it begins at the house of Elohim. What's going to happen to those that are outside? In First Peter 4.18, it says, If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the wicked and the sinner appear? That means it's very, very few. I think Lucas touched on that number a long time ago. It is, I mean, the decimal points and the zeros, there's many of them. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of Elohim commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Sometimes we don't want to hear the negative, but if we look at lessons in correction, as it says here, seek, seek first the kingdom of Yahweh. And then everything that you want will be given unto you. It might not be material. It might not be financial. It might be peace in your heart. So may Yahweh bless you. Thank you so much for your attention.